Welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees, part of the Urban Breakdown Network on this sunny and really nice so far uh, Sunday morning. I I went to the supermarket this morning and it was the first time this year, well, since the, since the summer started, where I didn't come back dripping with sweat and then have, because supermarket is about a half mile away from my apartment. And it was the first time I came back without being drenched in sweat and then having to, to take off my clothes, you know, because it's like, oh, it's too hot, you know, so now I know fall is almost here. So that's a good thing. Odie, how are you today? I'm doing well. No, very well, So, um, we're just going to go ahead and get started. Odie, what you got for us today? Uh, I, all right. So, this past week was the Emmys. It was definitely something that was under my radar, but one of the things I intended to uh, catch the highlights on, so to speak, especially because Abbott Elementary was up for a couple of awards. Uh-huh. And also, for the record, Cheryl, Cheryl Lee Ralph is a, a member of the illustrious Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I was very much looking forward to her getting her flowers and getting what she deserves in the form of a win, which she did win. Um, I believe the the role was the best supporting actress. That's yes. uh, that's what she won, and she had a lovely speech. She went viral. Um, she's getting things. Abbott Elementary season two is coming September twenty first. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm very I'm I'm very happy for them, especially because the cast is mostly black. So it's, it's a good look. It's a good look for them. Um, but what was not a good look this week is like there was a bit, and I know like uh, Mercy kind of mentioned like you didn't want to necessarily talk about this just because of how it ended, but I still have thoughts even on how it ended. And I'm going to be so bold as to make a prediction um, and how this will shake out in a couple of years from now. Uh-huh. So uh of course, Quinta Brunson won an, uh, an award as well. She won an Emmy as well. And um, that's not surprising. But whenever she got on stage, she was her acceptance speech was somewhat overshadowed by Jimmy Kimmel in the background, which she actually had to step over him or step around him. Um, he was laying down on the floor doing some sort of bit. I don't understand the bit. Uh, you see Quinta, like, walk up to him and tell him, Jimmy, like, wake up, like, I won. He does not get up. He continues laying on the floor. So everybody in the audience and everybody at home is like, what the fuck is happening here? It's distracting. Um, her her speech obviously was cut a little bit in time because, like, like she, you know, those things are timed. Yes. So she's not able to necessarily say as much as she wanted to say or could have said. And, uh, yeah, Black Twitter went crazy, rightfully so, because they're like, what the fuck? Like, this is not the epitome of a white man interfering with, you know, a Black woman's moment and having to go literally go around him or move around him and his feelings. I don't know what, like, I don't know what are the parallels you meet. So, of course, it becomes a whole thing. Um, Quinta is very gracious. She initially says, like, oh, and people really pissed me off with this. What I heard her say, line for line, is it it didn't bother me that much. 
Now, she did not emphasize that the way that I said it. She said it didn't bother me that much. The fact that that was in there at all is indicative of the fact that it bothered her at all. Like, to a degree, it might not be as high a degree as it might have bothered some of the rest of us, but the fact that she said that much is what she said. She didn't say that she wasn't bothered by it at all. She said it didn't bother me much. That's for one, but everybody ran with this whole narrative, well, she's not bothered, so why is everybody else upset about it? First of all, no. Second of all, um, okay, so then we see, like, Jimmy Kimmel extend this invite. That's, like, the next line. Um, Like, the next, like, thing that comes up. And he does invite her onto his show. He apologizes, says that, um, basically says that, yeah, the bit went on too long. He still does what white men do, which is, like, really annoying, or what white men can do, which is he talks about how that moment was, like, a fucked up thing to happen to him because his bit didn't land. And I'm like, girl, it's literally not about you. Like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? But he does apologize. I don't believe he meant any harm. I really don't. So I'm not going to sit up here and be like, oh, Jimmy Kimmel is a piece of shit. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that he meant any harm, but it's like he doesn't, he, he was not thinking, like, about the greater, I guess the greater scheme of things. And, I mean, at the same time, like, can you really blame him? Like, he's not forced to think about these things. So whatever. Um, he, he brings on the show. He does apologize. And, uh, Quincy gets out her whole speech. She uses this show's platform to, you know, kind of get a, a quote-unquote redo. Um, and, again, she continues to be gracious. She smiles about it because, of course, this is like her network label mate. So this is a peer. This is a fellow comedian. Uh-huh. Whatever. And uh, I just don't believe that like, if this is your coworker, like, how much is she really going to be allowed to say? Did we really expect Quinta to say, oh, yeah, like, I'm completely unbothered. Like, no problem. No worries. What I predict in a couple of years from now is that we will see her sit down with Oprah or whomever. And she will sit down and she will say, you know, that, that moment, like, of course it bothered me. But what am I really allowed to say? I think then we'll hear the truth. When she's stacked up a couple of more awards, when she's a little bit uh, less dispensable, maybe she feels like at this point in her career she's a, she's a little dispensable. She doesn't want to get canceled. She 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 said the things, the right things in the interest of her career in the long run. Like she like would she be allowed to say it? No, absolutely not. Yeah. So. It's like, yeah, Jimmy, cool, but I don't believe that it didn't bother her. And nobody can convince me otherwise. You just can't. Oh, no, I, I know it definitely bothered her because, I mean, you figure Quinta Brunson is 32 years old. I don't know how long she's been writing and producing and all that other stuff, but I know that for people of color. Like, like the BuzzFeed type uh, channels and stuff, she's been writing a long time. Yeah. And 
it's always, you know, for people of color, we always have to take the long way around the sun, you know, to get to where we need to be. So now she has her moment. She wins what I believe is her first Emmy, especially for writing. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Jimmy Kimmel coming on and doing whatever the hell he was doing. And and I and I I basically I look at it like this. I like Jimmy Kimmel, but the thing is, I would love to know who is on Jimmy Kimmel's writing staff. And the reason why I say that is this: I know that uh, Seth Meyers, who I'm also a big fan of, right? Uh, you know his late night show. He has a very diverse writing cast, and Amber Ruffin is on his writing team. I don't know if she still is, because now she's doing her own thing now. Right. So I don't know if she still writes for, for Seth Meyers, but you figure you and, you know, I know Daily Show, even when Jon Stewart was on there, you know, he had a very diverse cast. So he had people around him that would have told him, you know, like if that was Seth Meyers, he would never have done that because Amber Ruffin would have been like, no, don't do that. You know, and then be able to really quickly tell him why that's not a good idea. And then he would have just not did it. You know, I would love to know who's on Jimmy Kimmel's writing team or who's on his team for real that nobody could have told him that that was that that was a good idea. Now, and I will I will amend one thing that I was going to say, because, you know, looking at it from your perspective, which I think is 100 percent true. I didn't want to talk about it because Jimmy Kimmel did fall on a sword by bringing her on the show. But when he fell on a sword, he didn't hit any vital organs. You know what I mean? It, it, it was a quick, it was, it was quick and clean. Yeah, it was quick and clean. They stitched him up and he's good to go, you know? So, and then you were right. It's the one thing I didn't really think about. He still made about himself instead of saying that, you know, that he kind of like, uh, you know, he, he's, he cast shadows in her light, you know, like that was her big moment, you know, what, you know, what every writer wants, especially if you're writing on television is to get that Emmy, you know, to know that, you know, your people know that your talents are where they need to be. And then Jimmy Kimmel, you know, buffooned it all up. And yeah, he invited her on the show and apologized and everything. But you are right, though. I didn't look at it that way. He still made it about himself. I think I was kind of blind about the fact that I'm a fan. But no, you're absolutely right. He uh, he fell on the sword, but didn't hit any vital organs. He's fine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So... Whatever. It's it's done now. Like I said, nobody's canceling Jimmy over this. Um, it's not that big of an offense. It's it's just annoying. <laughs> That's all. Um and it sucks for Krenta, but congratulations to her. Like she Absolutely. has the Emmy. Take that away from her. And and, um, and and before you move on, Odie, one thing I wanted to mention, I I never heard of Quinta until she was on Black Lady Sketch Show, which I thought was very funny. You know, I still got to finish watch. I mean, I, I'm way behind on my TV watching. Season two, have they been picked up for season three though? I don't. I don't know if they've been picked up yet for season three. I don't know. But um, but um, I started watching season two before I started my horror marathon, and it is funny, even without Quinta on there. Uh, and then at first I was like, did, I was like, did they have a falling out? And then when I read, you know, Robin Thede mentioned that, you know, Quinta had another opportunity come up. And of course, you know, she's always welcome to come back on the show, but I don't know if she's going to come back now that Abbott Elementary, like, is really uh, taking off. That show was really funny. And I did not catch that that other teacher was uh, Chris from Everybody Hates Chris. I did not catch that. He grew up, he, he, he grew up so much since then. 
<laughs> well, speaking of growing up, though, quick question for you. Yeah. How tall do you think he is? He looks like, I mean, I don't know. Quinta Brunson's is not that tall. So, but I'm going to say he's at least maybe six feet. <laughs> he's absolutely not. And, uh, and you're right. I, I had to think about that after the fact. I said, oh, my gosh. Like, I had to think about that exactly after the fact. I was like, wait a minute. Is this, um, I said, if Quinta, because Quinta's really petite. So if he's her love interest, he's got to be short too. And I thought about it after the fact, but there is this clip floating around. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. But there's this clip floating around him getting dressed for the Emmys. Right. And when you see him getting dressed, that's when you realize he is not six feet tall. There's no way. There's no way. I don't know how tall he is. I didn't look it up, but I said he's not six feet tall because that's what I thought too. I was like, oh, he's probably he's a lean and tall. Like he's got to be six feet. Yeah. But when I saw that video, I said absolutely not. And then I thought about it. I was like, but if he's Quentin's love interest, he he can't be that tall. He has to be relatively short too. So yeah. that's that's quick for me. So I'm glad that you picked up on that because that was a good way to think about it. That I didn't catch till after I saw that clip. But real quick, before I before I lose my thought, so you can go on. I thought, I mean, I was like, uh, Black Lady Sketch Show was nominated for Variety Sketch Show. The only other show that was on there nominated, Saturday Night Live. So you knew Saturday Night Live was going to win, and I was like, oh man, that's messed up. You know, I wouldn't have minded seeing Robin Thede win. uh, The first I'd never heard of Robin Thede until she was on a show with uh, Larry Wilmore. Larry Wilmore had his own show for a bit, for a season, uh, about four or five years ago. And she was a regular she was a writer, but she was also on the show as part of his panel. And that's the first time I'd ever heard of Robin Thede. So when I heard about her having the the Black Lady sketch show and I was like with Robin Thede, I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be funny, you know, and it is. You know, so, but uh, yes, definitely. I mean, congratulations to a Black Lady Sketch Show, at least for the nomination. And definitely congratulations to uh, to Quinta for, uh, and of course, and I didn't know Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph was from Uniondale. That's only a couple of towns over from where I live, where I grew up. So I, uh, I didn't you know. Not... She got, she's got Caribbean descent too, because she could switch that shit on real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... So what yeah, else? That's, 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 that's all I got. Uh, well, I'll say this, like, I don't, cause I don't want to put this in final thoughts, actually. Um, come to think of it. Um, recipes to PNB rock. Um, he was shot and killed at a Roscoe's in uh, LA earlier this week. And I'm sure Merce, you're not familiar with PNB rock. That is all well and good. Um, but his, I enjoyed his music and um, he kind of did like sing song rap. One of my favorite songs by him was Selfish. And it's kind of crazy because like, I didn't even realize he was on so many other songs that I liked, but um, Selfish is probably my favorite. It's like, a, it's actually a ballad and um, well, like something more down tempo. And um, I just want people to like, stop going with the narrative that the girlfriend that he was with, shared her location and then all of a sudden like he pops up dead so people are trying to insinuate that she had something to do with it which is something really terrible to put out there because if you're wrong 
like people have a tendency of putting things out as facts when they're just speculating. And it's really annoying that social media has made people these conspiracy theorists and sleuths and people that know things for a fact that don't know shit. Um, at the end of the day, we don't know that that's true. So if you're wrong, then you've made this woman feel guilty, you know, and stressed out for nothing. You know, she, she feels guilty. Like she, because you're putting it out there as a fact. Now, if she did do that, then let her get the justice, you know, that she deserves. But if you're wrong, then like, you can't unring that bell. Why would you say that when you don't know? And I hate the internet for that. Yeah. That's all. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of like when I would watch Law and Order and then the lawyer would ask a messed up question and the judge would object and he'd be like, withdrawn. I'm like, what do you mean withdrawn? It, the jury already heard what you said. So you exactly. can withdraw it from the record, but you can't withdraw it from their minds. You planted the seed. It's weird. Agreed, 100%. A hundred percent. It's it's weird to say that. Um, yeah, you know, the only, the only times I really will uh, play the guessing game because it's safe to do so is um, the other night I was watching that Saw movie, Spiral, uh, the, the Book of Saw with uh, Chris Brock, of all uh, people. Mm. Um did you see that? I, I I just saw a few reviews of it, but I never actually watched it. Okay. I I humbly submit that, and maybe not this year or when, because I'm sure you got your own lineup, but um, I humbly review, like, submit that for review for your horror marathon. It's, it actually was really good. It Chris Rock is annoying because he does not play a good, like, cop or a good serious role. Mm-hmm. He, um, has that comedic pitch and he keeps trying to throw jokes in when they shouldn't be there. Um, but overall the story was good, but as I'm watching the movie, I'm trying to guess who the fucking killer is. You know, I'm trying to figure out who the new jigsaw, who the new jigsaw is. That is safe to do. I'm doing that from the comfort of my home, not on the internet for anybody to see the receipts of me being wrong. I don't put, you know, it's just a movie. It's fine. It's entertainment. But what you're not going to see me do is, like, people have this tendency, too. They'll say that something doesn't sound right about that. The whole thing sounds fishy. Yes. You know. It's, it's really annoying. Like, I wish people would stop doing that shit. You know what's funny? You remember uh, an old, well, it, it's probably before your time, but it was an old cartoon called A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, where all the Scooby-Doo gang were like little kids, Right. And there was always a character, there was a character, a reoccurring character on the show, his, and his name was Red Herring. So I knew that, and so basically Fred was an idiot in that, in that iteration of the show. And every time a crime happened, he was like, it has to be Red Herring. And I did not know that a Red Herring is basically just a character that they put there to look guilty, to throw the audience off of who the killer is. Why they call it a Red Herring, I don't know. I have to look into the history of why they call it that. But the fact that they, and, you know, years later when I found out what that was, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what it, it's like, why would he name a kid Red Herring? That sounds dumb, but nope, that's why. And his name was literally Red Herring. But I love movies like that, trying to guess who the killer is. And then from watching other <laughs> movies, like I, you know, develop certain things. Like if I don't actually see you get killed, if I just see your body, 
then I'm just like, okay, he's going to come back and he's probably going to be the killer. You know, stuff like that. Like then it's, I agree with you, stuff like that is fun. But uh, in real life with social media and the court yeah. of public opinion, it could be very dangerous. Exactly. Exactly. You know, especially okay. for, and, and I hate to be, I hate to sound like that, but especially for a woman. Because if it was just a dude who you know was going to shoot back, you may not be so quick to, to run up on it. But, but a woman, they may, you know, some of these cowards may find their balls and go after her. You know, and you think the cops are going to protect her? Nope. Because that's not what cops do. You know, we found out the hard way that cops are not constitutionally uh, required to protect you. So if, you, if something happens to you and a cop is there, and they don't protect yep. you. You can't sue the cop because that's not their job, according to the Supreme Court. Their job is not to protect you. So, yeah, please, all you Internet jackasses, please stop trying to put this woman in danger with your little guessing games because it's, it's going to end horribly for a lot of people. You know. But rest in peace to PNB Rock. I mean... I, I put it like this. I mean, he'll get a rest in peace for I like this music. And I don't really know his music because he, he doesn't show up on any of the worst rap songs of the year list, which is why I've heard the name, but I've never heard his music. So. Yeah, rest in peace to be in Rock. That's all I got. Mm -hmm. You know. Passing up a time to do first. Yeah. It is... I, I will say this. We are a couple months away from election day. Uh, it is, we, we are just a little time bit. Oh, say again? I said time is timing as in like it's passing fast. Like what the yes. fuck? Yes. I mean, you figure it just felt like last weekend was, was Labor Day. And it's like, no, it's, it's the 18th. It's, you know, it, it's speeding right along. You know, I actually took election day off. Now, I have the luxury of, even if I didn't have it off, I could get a couple hours off to go vote, you know, whether in the morning or in the afternoon, that would have been fine. But I take the whole day off and I took the day afterward off so I could bitch about the results on, on Facebook all day. <laughs> but I would be, the only reason why Democrats don't break the cycle here would be because of their own ridiculousness because republicans should be the easiest party in the world to defeat and because you have people like nancy pelosi and joe biden who swear by corporate democrats that don't excite people they're relying on people's anger as opposed to putting forth good candidates so they can keep on making that money you know they fought against corporate uh, I mean, they fought against progressives harder than they fight against because they think that like Republicans are on their side. But yeah, because all y'all make money together, you know, and and the, the progressives are like, hey, we need to do something for the people. And they're just like, no, we want Henry Cuellar. We want uh, that goofy bitch from uh, from Ohio who ran against um, Nita Turner. You know, those are who we want because they're all about the money like us. You know, put it like this. The Roe v. Wade thing that happened, right? I had to eat shit from all my liberal friends who were like, see, oh, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at the long game. You gotta vote for the corporate Democrats and then get on your knees and beg them to do stuff and keep the Republicans away. And I'm just like, yeah, but nobody wants to do that. 
why would I have to beg you to do something decent when I could just vote for somebody who that was their number one priority? You know what I mean? So you got Roe v. Wade happened because, of course, Trump won. And Lind and uh, what was his name? Uh, Mitch, uh, Jesus Christ, I am really getting old. Mitch McConnell stole two Supreme Court picks from Obama. So they put in a bunch of judges who literally lied and said that they weren't going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And the first thing they did was overturn Roe v. Wade because they did what they wanted to, but they didn't realize, oh, this is really unpopular. There was a story that I just read this morning. I didn't get a chance to post it in our chat, Odie. I apologize about that. But I don't have sympathy for people at all. So there was a woman, she'd been trying, her and her husband had been trying to get pregnant and she's been having a lot of miscarriages and she finally had a pregnancy come to term, you know, take, but the baby was badly deformed. So it had uh, brain issues and most of all, it had lung issues. His little lungs didn't develop nearly enough. So they said, even after he's born, he will just die instantly. It'd be, they said it'd be 10 minutes, it'll be an hour, but he won't live till the end of the day. So the best thing to do is to abort, right? But she lived in Texas. In Texas, they do not allow abortions unless the mother's life is in danger. So she had to go out of state to have the abortion. And now she and now she's now she's pro choice. Yeah. She was she yeah, was like that's in of in of in, in of itself though, you know, like you know how many people can't afford to do shit like that. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is she had to she had to borrow the money. So she didn't have the money. Yeah. She had to borrow money to go out of state to have the abortion. You know, so it wasn't, you know, but still she had people that could do that for her. A lot of people don't. A lot of people are just stuck. Stuck having entropic pregnancies, stuck, you know, as 10 year olds, you know, forced to have children after they were raped, you know. And well, at least I know in the case of the 10 year old, she did go to another state to have the abortion done. But now they tried to get the doctor, get her license taken away for doing it, you know. So it's it's become great and it's really horribly unpopular. Lindsey Graham tried to introduce a bill to make abortion uh, illegal across the country after 15 weeks. And, and the Republican leadership is like, Lindsey, what the fuck are you doing? You have Republican politicians who are quietly changing their web pages to remove anything Roe v. Wade. Because at first they were like, you know, I'll protect, you know, uh, uh, fetuses' rights. And then they looked at the polls and see that like 60, 70% of the people are against them. They're like, I'll gonna keep my mouth shut. <laughs> you know, they can't be pro, they can't be pro-choice, but at the same time, they can just keep their mouth shut about it. And here's dumbass Lindsey Graham and his mint julep sipping self trying to make a bill to make it. Now, of course, the bill's never gonna pass. So why would he do that? Because they don't have anything else to run on. They have nothing else to run on. Rick Scott was trying to his plan for America, whatever the dumb shit he was going to do, he's trying to introduce a plan to eliminate Medicare and Medicaid. And they were like, yeah, you do know that poor people and old people need that to live, right? Like, they can't afford 
healthcare without Medicare. It's mm-hmm. just not. It's just not going to happen. I have a friend of mine. Uh, he's fighting cancer, and he had to put up a GoFundMe page to to, to help with his medical bills. So, do you think like some sixty-eight-year-old woman who gets cancer, you think she'll just you know un- unless she was rich? But if she's just an ordinary woman who just worked as a, you know, as a receptionist all her life, and she retires, she's on Social Security, whatever little four hundred one k she has. You think if she gets cancer, she could just afford to pay it without Medicare? No, not in this country. So why would you? And Mitch McConnell is pissed, super pissed, because he's just like, what the fuck? Well, like we're trying to win here. This Roe v. Wade <laughs> thing. Flip this on our heads. People hate us. And then you're reminding them about the reason why we hate them. You have Dr. Oz getting his ass kicked in the polls, talking about, you know, talking shit about uh, going single payer. And they were just like, no, that they are like, don't even mention it. Talk about something else. These people are fucking dumb. You have Ron DeSantis from Florida. And here's the part. There was one part that, that baffled me about this, because I'm like, wait a second. I, to, to, to give you a little bit of background, Ron DeSantis bragged about having two planes full of people, of migrants, shipped uh, into Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Martha's Vineyard is an island off the coast of Massachusetts. This is where a lot of rich people hang out. Like Obama lives there. I, I want to say Oprah lives there. You know, there, I mean, well, I don't think Obama lives there. He has like a like a vacation home there or something like that. Don't quote me on that. But a lot of rich people live on Martha's Vineyard, and most of them are liberals, from what I hear. I don't I haven't looked it up. So Ron DeSantis figured it'd be a good idea to ship these people over to Martha's Vineyard. Two plane loads, 50 people, right? Let, let's just give you a ballpark figure here, Odie. How much do you think it costs? to ship two plane loads of people. First of all, what kind of plane were they on? You can fit more than 50 people on a plane, on one plane. They used two two planes. So you figure, and and I'll I'll, I'll cheat a little bit here. Let's say say you had a a plane ticket. If If I may ask, right? When you went to Vegas, how much was your plane ticket? For just you. Well, normally it's like three hundred dollars. This one was four hundred. I could not find it. Like they were actually um, averaging like eight hundred. That's why it took us a minute to book. They wanted a lot. Like that was when air airplane prices was like really really high. But we ended up paying four hundred a person. Okay. So let's just say you have fifty people, right? So let's say if you just took it at face value, no taxes, no baggage fees, just four hundred dollars per ticket, flat right? You're talking $20,000 to ship 50 people, right? How much do you think Ron DeSantis paid to have 50 people shipped to Martha's Vineyard? If if it's a 50-person plane, it does sound like a smaller plane, like maybe it could even be privately owned. Mm -hmm. That's why I only have seats, not like a jet. That's nice, because you're not going to give them nothing luxurious. But it does sound like a private plane. That's why, or a very small, like maybe like, so 
From where? From Florida to Martha's Vineyard? Actually, well, let's just say, I'll tell you more about that in a moment, but let's just say from uh, from Texas to uh, to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, Texas to Martha's Vineyard. Um, that's not a calculator. Hold on. I'm guessing $300 a person. So uh, what's that, 1500 bucks? Wait, that's not right. That's right, fifteen thousand. <laughs> Fifty times three hundred. He paid. Yeah, fifteen. He paid six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars to have these people ship from Texas to Martha's Vineyard in two planes. You couldn't. You'd rather use the money to send them instead of feed, clothe, and house them. Which, yeah. funny enough, interestingly enough, because I, I definitely thought, like, I was like, oh, so Martha's Vineyard. So basically, you're trying to, um, like, because that's an affluent area. So, like, you're trying to be funny. You're trying to send poor people with no resources to, to live in these other places where, for, like, whether it be a, a a safe city or not, or what's the word, what's the term that they use? Like, not a safe city, but a... Oh, a sanctuary city. Sanctuary city, thank you. Um, if the cost of living is so high that they can't manage or be successful, then that's, like, kind of the point. And that kind of sucks because that is why uh, most of the sanctuary cities are high cost of living areas. And that does suck. Yeah, I, I I look at it like this. If if he really, if he wanted, if it was all about sanctuary cities, he would have sent them to California. But the problem is in California, they'd be comfortable because California, while the cost of living is very high, they also have tons of social programs that would have helped them right away. He figured he'd send them to Martha's Vineyard and then they wouldn't know what to do with them. And Tucker Carlson was so happy about it. He was like, well, let them live in Obama's house. He could put them all in his in, in his uh, in his shed. He could put them in his cupboards. But Tucker Carlson lives on an island. They could go to Tucker Carlson's house if that was the case. He literally lives on the island. Remember one thing about Tucker Carlson. Before he started being a news ghoul, he was already filthy stinking rich. His, his father married the heir to the Swanson Empire, those shitty uh, microwave meals. That's his family that he married into since he was a little kid. So since he was a little kid, he was always filthy stinking rich. He didn't have to do this. He does it because he's an evil sack of crap. And he I'm surprised he didn't jizz in his pants while he was talking about it. He was so happy about it. But here's the thing about him doing that. But I talk about DeSantis. And here... He did to prove a point. Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida. These people were in Texas, but he spent Florida money to a charter plane company that was in Oregon. He gave them $615,000 of Florida taxpayer money to ship 50 people from Texas to Massachusetts. Right. And you want to tell me that Republicans are the party of fiscal responsibility? Get the fuck out of here with that dumbass horse shit. 
that is the that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then held a press conference about it. And he was like, they're going to put aside like $12 million. And every time that happens, they're going to ship people over. How the fuck are they going to get from Texas to Florida? These people were never in Florida. Why is Florida spending money? Because Ron DeSantis wants to run for president against Trump. And he wants to show he's tough on immigration. But these people are not illegal immigrants. They are asylum seekers. They're from Venezuela. They're seeking asylum, which is legal to do. It is legal to seek asylum in the United States. It does not mean that you will become a citizen. What it means is you get to stand before a judge and make your case. Okay? Here's the thing. Uh, uh, it's, it's, so, it's so hard to talk about because it's so dumb. And the people of Martha's Vineyard came together to help these people. Because unfortunately... They don't have enough room in their homeless shelters for them. So people are coming out and doing what they can to help these people out. Now, here's the, here's the part. Now, we all know how it goes with people like this. Now, governors are not adverse from going to prison. Just ask Rob Blagojevich out in, out in Chicago, out in Illinois. You know, they, so many governors from Illinois went to prison. It's, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely insane. There was a political cartoon where they put the governor's office in the prison. They're like, yeah, we'll just make it quicker. You know, so it's a, a president may not go to prison, but governors sure do. Right. What uh, what he did was literally human trafficking, because the only reason why those people got on a plane is because DeSantis and Greg Abbott, because Greg Abbott co-signed on this because he's the governor of Texas. They told them they were going to send them to Boston. And then when they get to Boston, there were going to be jobs waiting for them. So they lied. It's kind of like if yeah, I was that's exactly that's what they do. Um, that's what they do in some um, Middle Eastern countries, you know. Yes, absolutely. You, they said you're gonna you're gonna have a job, this nice job, this nice paying job, and they're gonna set you up. And then you get there, they take your passport. Uh, you know, sometimes there's abuse involved, and then they certainly don't pay you as much. It's a bait and switch. Yeah, absolutely. That happens all the time. It happens in, in uh, from people coming in from South America, you know, from Mexico. They tell them, hey, we're going to get you this job as a seamstress. You're going to get this job in a factory, be able to send money home to your people. Next thing you know, you're a prostitute, you yep. know. And it's they basically lied to get these people on a plane and ship them halfway across the country and just dump them on someone else's doorstep. That's human trafficking. When people think of human trafficking, they always think about it in, in terms of sex because that's usually where it comes up. But no, you, uh, it's, and here's the thing. Will they charge him a year ago? I would probably say no. But I will say one thing about Merrick Garland. He's starting to show some balls. Like he, he drops subpoenas on like a whole bunch of Trump aides. And he was just like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to need to see you in court. You know, over this January 6th thing, he's really starting to step up his game because I had no faith in uh, Merrick Garland before. I'm like, he's just, it's, dude, it's just a buttercup. And now he's finally starting to show some balls. And I'm like, okay, maybe he might go after DeSantis. I would love to see it, you know? And then he sets aside $12 million of taxpayers' money to do this because, I mean, Florida doesn't have any problems at all. There's no problems in Florida. 
They've solved all their problems. So now they can just concentrate on, on uh, migrants that never set foot in the state of Florida because he wants to run for president. So he's literally using taxpayers' money to do campaign stunts so we could run for president. And that's their hero because they're demonizing people who have far less power than they have. Obi-Wan Kenobi had the, one of the best lines in, 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 the, in Star Wars, in episode four, which is actually the first Star Wars movie. And he was like, who's the bigger fool? The fool or the fool who follows? And that's what Republican voters are. You are the fools who follow. Why, why would you... It would have been much cheaper because here's the thing. A lot of people, when they come, I mean, unless they're, unless they're super desperate, right? When they come up for asylum, they know someone in the States. So when you first go to see the, like when, you, when they first process you, when you apply for asylum, first thing they'll ask you is, hey, do you have someone who's gonna vouch for you? So let's just say I had a cousin coming from Dominica, right? Let's just say there was a reason, I mean, there's no reason for him to apply for asylum, but let's say that there was, right? I would go to the processing center and say, yes, this man is my, is, is my cousin and I will be responsible for him until this court date. So he would come live with me, right? Which would cost the city nothing because yeah. he, he's, he's in my home eating my food, right? right? right. And then I would, then I would so make sure that he makes his court date because he's my responsibility. It's a pretty good system. And here's the thing, a lot of people who apply for asylum end up getting sent back. And the people who get asylum, it's not like you automatically become an American citizen. You just got to start that long process. So it's not automatic. It's not like, oh, I made it across the line. I'm a citizen. No, because these people are fucking stupid. Because you know how I know all this about the asylum system? Oh, go ahead. Just watch episode two or ninety day fiance, and you'll see that it, it takes months and months and years. Yeah, it took my dad. I don't remember how many years it took him to become an American citizen. My mother didn't even she didn't even bother going through it. When my mother passed away, God rest her soul, she was a she was still a resident alien. She still had her green card, but my dad went through that whole long process, and he became a naturalized American citizen back in the eighties. You know. So, but I mean, these people are so, they're so dumb. And I hate to say that about fellow Americans, but I mean, we live in the future. Google that shit. It's all right there. Do you think I know about the asylum system because I'm super smart? No, I'm just an average dude who has a computer with Google. And I Googled it on, on the government site and I looked that shit up how it works. And now I know how it works. So now I don't, like, I always joke about, I, like, I am 100% anti-illegal immigration. I am 1,000% pro-asylum. Because all these countries that where these people are coming from for asylum, we ruin them. So we owe them that. You think, you think they would really want to come all the way from Venezuela to the United States if Venezuela was a good place to live? Why is Venezuela not a good place to live? Because of the war on drugs. Because we, because we, in the CIA, we ruined their country. All these people in Honduras and all these other countries, we, in Colombia, we ruined their countries. We owe them this. But of course, you know, all these, as, as uh, George Collins called the NIMBYs, not in my backyards. 
you know, but they're worshiping Ron DeSantis for this, for wasting money for people who never made it to his state. They worship people like Brett Favre. Oh my God. I always knew Brett Favre was a dick bag, but that shit that he pulled is ridiculous. How much, without Googling it, Brett Favre is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He has multiple endorsements. Off the top of your head, Odie, how much do you think Brett Favre is worth? Just quick guess. $100 million. $100 million. Brett Favre is worth over $100 million. He earns a salary of $20 million a year just from his endorsements. So he is filthy stinking rich, right? And he's made over $100 million in his NFL career, which lasted for more than 20 years. So he's very recognizable, but he's also a Trump supporter, right? He's from Mississippi. I don't know if he's from Mississippi or that's where he lives, but at least that's where his daughter goes, right? His daughter plays, uh, I don't know if she plays volleyball, but you know. So basically, long story short, this is from, let me get this pulled up here. This is from Mississippi Free Press, okay? Multiple prosecutors are still examining the facts and making decisions about criminal charges in Mississippi's sprawling welfare scandal that saw millions in funds meant for poor families instead go to wealthy celebrities. Mississippi State Auditor Shad White said on, on Thursday, uh, that was this past Thursday, the 15th, the auditor made that remark on CNN after court documents filed on September 12th revealed dozens of text messages showing how retired NFL star Brett Favre, former Mississippi Governor Bill Bryant, and nonprofit leader Nancy New coordinated on procuring welfare funds to finance an $8 million volleyball stadium. Uh, New, who was, uh, well, I'll just call her, uh, I'll just call her Nancy to avoid confusion. Nancy ran the nonprofit Mississippi Community Education Center when it directed $5 million in temporary assistance for needy families to the University of Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation, whose board she sat on, to fund the stadium on the Hattiesburg campus. Her nonprofit also directed $1.1 million to Brett Favre for motivational speeches that he never delivered. She and her son, Zach, have pled guilty to multiple state charges, including bribery and wire fraud as part of a plea agreement. The newly revealed text messages revealed publicly, revealed publicly in court filing in a separate uh, civil suit this week, shed light on how 6.1 million meant for the poorest families in the poorest state wound up going to Favre and a pet project at his alma mater. Now, do you think that somebody who earns $20 million a year couldn't have just given the people uh, $5 million? Mm -hmm. Brett, Favre, Brett Favre could probably shit $400,000 right now if he wanted to. And this dude had to steal $5 million from the poorest state in the union. Jackson, Mississippi still doesn't have clean water, by the way. I saw a video where uh, Ray Schmerd was uh, out there about to send water to the people. Yeah. You're probably like, who the fuck is Ray Schmerd? I, I, I actually know who that is. Okay, okay. Um, um, wait, 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 wait. But before, before I say it, is that the, the, is that the, the roly, roly, roly kids? Or do I have that wrong? Oh, that's um, race. They remember a couple of years ago during Thanksgiving, everybody was doing the mannequin challenge, 
and they had that song called Black Beetle. It was, they're actually, I think, brothers. They're either brothers or cousins. It's two of them. I think that is who I'm thinking of, but I I, I know that Rolly Rolly song. kind of have that young boy, the Rolly Rolly Rolly, with a dab of ranch. It's, I forgot who sings that song, but it's not them. Okay, okay. I don't think. I don't think I could be wrong, but I I know what song you're talking about. Yeah, but that was cool of him to do. You know, I know a lot of people are trying to are trying to help out here, but I mean, I think they said that it would probably cost like two hundred million dollars to fix their water system. But the problem is the only reason why it cost that much is because it was it was decades of neglect because of all you know all the white people moving out and then the city just, I mean, the state just not caring to, uh, to maintain now, their systems. Somebody, oh, let me, let, me, let me find this. Let me find this post. Um, basically, someone posted a meme. One of my fr- uh, Facebook friends uh-huh. that I went to college with, he is in the military. He must be getting ready to retire because I've noticed a lot of his um, a lot of his posts have been coming been becoming definitively more left. Um, whereas before he wasn't so much like that. Um, he would definitely try to be like as neutral as possible because he's sitting like actively in the military. Um, but he posted this meme. I found it. Uh, where it's like a drowning kid in a pool and then like a mom and a baby who are like, the mom is like embracing the baby and there's a kid off to the side drowning. So yeah. the mom represents the U.S., the baby who she's embracing uh, represents Ukraine and then here's Jackson, Mississippi off to the side drowning. Yes, absolutely. Flint, and then below it, it says Flint, Michigan like <laughs> with a picture yes. underneath the so I'm sure you've seen this meme before, right? I haven't seen um, the meme, but I mean, well, I've seen the meme, but not used the way that you had it just there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, somebody in the in the comments responded, false comparison, because Mississippi was approved to receive $220 million last year with the expectation that a lion's share be earmarked for the water issue. So to your point, this has obviously been an ongoing issue. To date, they have misappropriated $94 million. The state chose to disperse it elsewhere in white neighborhoods, $5 million for a sports center where Brett Favre's daughter plays volleyball. Yes. So they a few million to Favre for himself for speeches that he never gave, and the FBI is investigating it now. Yeah. Apparently, like, they had the money. And Brett Favre, uh, according to the same person, the same source on this post, uh, said that he gave back $1.5 million of the money. Not surprised given the fact that he had Wayne Doris drunk. But, uh, yeah. Um, I did not know about the earmarking. I was hoping to find something, like, independent of this person because... You know, I don't I don't even know this person. Like I just know the person who posted the meme. But I noticed like he he does have a tendency to curate um his posts. Like he did have a couple of Trump supporters that would try to argue with him, but I've noticed they've kind of dwindled off of his post. I don't know if they've unfriended him or vice versa, but whatever. Uh yeah, that's some bullshit. So it's like they had the money. Yeah. Um and 
Yeah, yeah. He posted this in reference to Ukraine getting five, uh, another $2 billion. So, if that's true, I definitely agree with her. Like, it's not that they don't have the money. That's just been misappropriated. So then what the fuck happens, you know? Yeah. And what, at least, what the fuck happens? At, at least they're trying to find out. I mean, we know what happened, but we need we need names. We need people. Uh, we need people in prison over this, you know. For an entire in, in in the richest country in the world, for this to happen, especially for as long as it happened to Flint, you mean we gave the military seven hundred and fifteen billion dollars? We're not even at fucking war with anybody, you know. And then we we're still giving the military with seven hundred billion dollars. You think we couldn't? Do you think the Army Corps of Engineers couldn't spare a measly two hundred twenty million dollars? To, to fix uh, fix Flint and then to fix uh, and these are not the only two places that this is going on in. These are just the only two places that that make the news. There are plenty of places like this across the country who are dealing with uh, our horrible infrastructure. So hopefully this infrastructure bill that we passed recently, which I always said is a giveaway to, to corporations, but I'm, I don't have any hope for it. I'm just not even going to, you know, when I tell my friends that my generation failed millennials and Gen Z, they always look at me funny, but it's the truth. We, we failed you guys. We failed you in ways unimaginable, not because we don't like you. We love you guys. We identify more with the younger generations than with the older generations. It's just that we thought these corporate dickbags were going to fix it. We listened to Obama and he's all handsome and charismatic. We listen to Bill Clinton. He, oh, look, he's playing the saxophone. He's got to be a good guy. And they were, in the end, terrible presidents. Were they as bad as their Republican counterparts? No. And that's what people are looking at. Of course, Donald Trump was worse. Of course, George Bush was worse. But they could have done so much more, and they just didn't. Not that they couldn't, they didn't. That's the problem. And what do we let? And then what's left now? We have people trying to justify mermaids with science, and that 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 that's that's their voting block now. And those people, just like me, they have uh, they have election day off just so they can vote for these these fucking shitbirds. I I heard a dude. His name is Matt Walsh, and Matt Walsh has a beard that basically just says. I make homemade bombs, but they're not very good. And he was, and he has a show. He has a lot of listeners, and he and he was trying to justify that there, that there cannot be a black mermaid because they live underwater, and because they live so deep in the ocean, there's no sunlight. Their skin would be translucent. You'd be able to see her skeleton. That's like, you know what that's like? That's like asking a three year old how do they think airplanes fly. And then hearing their hearing their explanation, a, a three-year-old telling you how an airplane could fly would be more scientifically bound than Matt Walsh telling you why a mermaid skin would be translucent and then we could see their skeleton. Like they're they're really clinging to this. You know, that's like when Tarzan came out, uh, they had a Disney cartoon of Tarzan in, in like in 1998 or 1999. And there were people, there were, I mean, this is back when we had to do this shit by email. And there were people, you know, all these people were trying to make it all scientific. They were like, you know, Tarzan wouldn't even be making it to 30 because he's swinging around. He got no shirt on, no sunscreen, and he'd get skin cancer. <laughs> how, how, 
how we know that Tarzan's a fucking fictional character. You think that a baby will be raised by apes and then grow up and then learn English? You know, you're swinging around a fucking loincloth. He's a king of the jungle punching out lions. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a fictional show. Or people like, you know, if the invisible man was real, he wouldn't be able to see because his corneas would be clear. Duh. It's a fucking fictional thing. Why are you trying to put realism to fictional things? Those are the same people who get beat. They're the same people who get beat up at bars because they say soccer is uh, is called football in other countries, and they get beat up in bars for that. Like you people, you people make me sick. Odie, have you? I didn't mean to cut you off, Odie. You were going to say something. I was going to say if we're going to bring realism into it. Then I love. I think my favorite clap back this week has been the one where people said. Oh well, you do a whole bunch of slaves in the ocean, and don't think that there's no mermaids down there. Yeah, <laughs> that's the realism that they don't want. Like they don't want you to learn about black people down there. There's plenty of black people down there. Um, you know what? Someone actually there was a, a I used to read like these these horror short stories. Right? And they, yeah, you know, it was a whole story. I asked my father when my father was still alive. I asked him about this. I was like, Dad, did like was this a thing like in Ghana where where these folklore tales? It was definitely something in the Caribbean. Like uh oh. where they talked about sirens and mermaids popping up on the beach and how they, they, they would kill you or try to like kinda like vampires, like where they would try to make you mermaids too, so you couldn't follow the voice. So it was like a mix between mermaids and vampires. Um, but they were definitely scary. Like there was nothing cute or sexy about mermaids. There was always, I, I see it a lot, in, in, even in video games, like you see it a lot, like in, in a fantasy game, like a, like World of Warcraft, where they would have sirens, and they were basically like, they were technically, they were like, they were kind of like evil mermaids in a way. So they were like half woman, half fish, and they were technically, they were hideous, but they had beautiful hypnotic voices. Their voices would literally hypnotize sailors and make them walk off their ships into the ocean and drown, you know? So there was a whole lot of different variations of that story, you know? But I had read a story many years ago about a uh, these people on a slave ship. And one guy, he had brought his son for some reason on a slave ship, bringing slaves back. And how the slaves, like when they got a chance to, to I mean, granted, they're in the middle of the ocean, they basically jumped into the ocean to drown rather than be slaves. Mm-hmm. And then and then uh, a couple of days later, well, and it happened because they had gotten sick. And then they had um, whatever disease they have, I forgot it was so many years ago, it was making them go blind. So basically, mm-hmm. a couple of days later, the, the zombies of those uh, drowned slaves come back and they attack the crew, but they don't kill the crew. They just rub their hands in their eyes to give them whatever they had. So by the time the ship reached the port, barely reached the port, everybody on there was blind, except for the little kid, because the slaves didn't, uh, I guess he treated the slaves nice, so they didn't give him blindness. <laughs> but there is a lot of story, a lot of folklore about that, you know? But yes, that is absolutely true. Like there are sometimes when they, uh 
you know, it wasn't always like Amistad. Sometimes they were just like, look, like like what uh, what Killmonger said, you know, at the end of Black Panther. Some of them rather chose death than to be slaves. And they would jump into the ocean with, with their manacles on, you know? So eh, for these people to come out and like every time a black, every time a black girl smiles, I think Matt Walsh like jizzes blood or something like that. Like it just, it just really hurts him to his, it just physically hurts him to see a little black girl smile. Those videos are so heartwarming of the little girls who see uh, Holly Bailey as Little Mermaid in the in the in the teaser trailer, and their faces light mm -hmm. up because they're like, "She looks like me." That is awesome, yeah. you know. And they just the same jackasses like that fucking piece of shit Ben Shapiro, who was like, when people were amped up over Black Panther, and they were like, "Come on, black people, you know that Wakanda is not real, right?" And then meanwhile, he could tell you every street in Westeros without a map you know because he's a big game of thrones fan like game of thrones that's cool to be a fan of but oh 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 we we, we we we're at work doing the wakanda for everything come on black people you gotta get with the program wakanda's not real nah shut the fuck up ben shapiro you fucking jackass like these people make me sick they hate to see black people happy for more than two seconds they just hate it so to try to use science to justify racism, and I'm like, you be, you're just a raggedy piece of shit. You know, I know there are some, like, I put it like this. I have my own, like, we talked about this before. When they made that Fantastic Four movie back in 2015, and they made uh, Human Torch Black, right? And the sister was still white. I thought, that was, I thought that was a dumb move. I like Michael B. Jordan. But it didn't really, it didn't really help anything in the movie. They could have left them white. And that would have been perfectly you know, fine. They didn't need. They didn't need to I do. Like the only thing that shuts this argument down was somebody in the comments said, "I just think it's interesting that y'all don't complain when the villain is black. When Queen Latifah was the villain, she actually played Ursula. She was cast as Ursula back in like they did like a live broad, not Broadway, but like a live stage version of Little Mermaid, and she played Ursula. How she was know? a good Ursula." I love the costume. Um, yeah, I definitely watched it. Um, I can't remember who Ariel was. I don't even remember. But I, what I do remember is that she was Ursula. So, yeah. Like, y'all only complain when the villain is... Yeah, like, you don't complain when the villain is black. So if you ain't got that same energy, then you really can shut the fuck up. Because I, I know that you're racist. Basically. I know. Like, and there's no disputing it. You know, but I know we're we're running out of time. There's a couple more things I want to talk about, but don't worry, don't worry, Republicans. I'm not going to yell at you all morning. I did I did want to talk about Cardi B. Cardi B is one of those people. I'm not a big fan of her music, but I like Cardi B. Not even because I think she's hot, even with her fake boobs, but just because she just seems like she'd be fun to hang out with. She feels like somebody where, like, if I saw Cardi B in the street and I wasn't a total creep. Like we could probably sit down and have a sandwich together and we will just, just shoot the breeze. She seems like that kind of person, you know? Unlike Nicki Minaj, who frowns all the time. Like, like she just hates being famous now. <laughs> but 
Definitely, but I did want to poke a little bit of fun at Cardi B, and I'm not, not in a derogatory way, because, I mean, she could afford to do this. She was on, I, I caught a clip of, uh, what was it, uh, the, car car, the car karaoke thing, whatever they call that show with James Corden. And driving, yeah, like they're doing karaoke, car karaoke. I car karaoke, okay. Yeah. And um, he told, she told James Corden that, you know, even though she has a whole bunch of expensive cars, that she doesn't, she doesn't know how to drive. She doesn't have a driver's license. And they, New York City. Yeah, but she asked, but they asked her like, why do you have all these cars? Because she was like, she likes to pose with her cars. And she and 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 this is from one of the articles. Says Cardi though doesn't drive her cars at all. She only purchases them to take photos with them, and so that she won't feel like a poser when she raps about them. She James she told James Corden that she would feel like an imposter if she rapped about cars that she didn't own. Now here's the thing: if Cardi B was worth like four million dollars, I'd be like, that's stupid. She's worth like forty million dollars. She can afford it. Those cars, as expensive as expensive as they may be, and she's still making money. So I just found it funny that she had all these expensive cars and a Chevy Suburban for some reason. <laughs> she's got a Maybach and she's got a Rolls and a Chevy Suburban, and I and that would be fine if she drove. But like, why would you have a Chevy Suburban if you don't drive? If all your other cars are expensive cars, but I'm just poking fun at Cardi. Well, I guess the the sh- Suburban thing sounds like something. I might do if like maybe the very first car that I bought, like for sentimental reasons, maybe that was like the first car she paid for in cash, like when she got a little money. Right. And so she keeps it. That's the oh, only sure. thing that makes sense. That, that, that may be it. I don't know. I'm speculating, but maybe that's But it. she doesn't drive. And the fact that she's from New York makes sense that she doesn't drive because I'm from New York. I mean, I'm from Long Island. I'd have more of a reason to drive because I mean, great. But then again, only lived a half hour outside of Queens. So some of their buses and some of those bus lines end in my town. So those buses run literally 24 hours a day. So maybe at maybe at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, they may run every half hour or every 40 minutes. But during rush hour, some of those buses run literally like every 10 minutes. So it's uh you don't have to drive. So she was she's from the Bronx, right? You don't got to drive. You live in the Bronx. Public transportation is 24 hours a day in New York. Well, when we went to New York on this last trip, we did not rent any cars. Last time we rented a car because we stayed in Jersey. Um, but driving and dealing with parking is such a headache that, like, we just, I know we couldn't have covered nearly as much ground as we did taking a train. We went to so many places. Like, we were in all the different boroughs, like, all in the same day because of public transportation. Yep. Get an early enough start. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wish New York would do more to clean up their public transportation. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I made it to the front of a car and opened the door and there was like 40 rats just piled up on top of each other driving a train. You know, there's track fires because there's always trash. I don't even know. How does a trash get on the tracks? Because you can't open the windows in a train. So how is the trash getting onto the tracks? But then again, there is a large homeless population that lives in those tunnels. Maybe that's yeah. how. And it's not like yeah. the trashmen yeah, are coming exactly on the ground. I, I definitely saw, like, um, I was at a light yesterday, just driving, and, um, 
like right in like the like island the separator um like right at that corner there was like clearly a homeless base camp it wasn't a homeless person standing there but he had a ton of trash lined up there from you know and he had it like some of it was contained under a crate that i guess he sits on mm-hmm. but the rest of it was just like spread out like just trash yeah I can believe that homeless people. And, and and it's funny in a country where there are literally more empty houses than there are homeless people that we have a homeless problem. But I, I before we go off on a tangent, and that's my fault. Um, <laughs> the reason why I want to talk about Cardi B today, and you gave me some other facts that put it that put this into perspective, but I still like the move that she did, is that and this is from uh, NBC News. Uh, let me get this pulled up here. Cardi B surprises her former Bronx middle school with a hundred thousand dollar donation for the arts. So um, she said, this school means a lot to me more than any school I've ever been to uh, in a clip of her speech, recalling the challenges she faced as a student in the Bronx. So the decisions you make now are very pivotal, a uh, pivotal. So uh, Cardi B giving back to her old school and Odie, I'll let you go over the timing of it all, but I still like it either way. Because a lot of, one of the reasons why we have hip hop is because a lot of schools in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Manhattan didn't have the arts because they couldn't afford it, you know? So schools, I mean, a lot of that stuff is extra. I live in Cary, North Carolina, right? But these kids to have, to be able to have their band, they still rely on donations from the town. I am holding in my hand a donation book I bought from my, uh, my, my friend still has, two daughters that go to Cary High School. So I always try to support whenever I can. Like during the holidays, they have that book with the, uh, all, the uh, all the Christmas stuff in it. Like you could buy like the, the, the caramel corn, you could buy the, uh, the cashew stuff like that. I always buy from them. And I bought a, 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 a Go Play Save uh, book. It's a thick book full of coupons. And there's an app for it, which I'm gonna download in my phone today. And I'm like, well, that'll probably make things easier to go through these coupons. And I'm going to say it anyway, Odie, because I, I, I kind of messed up. I'm going through the book, and there was one from a, a, a pet shop, and it was like, you can get like uh, five or six dollars off of like pet treats. I'm like, oh, I should cut these out and give them to Odie you know, for Zeke. And I forgot, oh my God, I forgot poor Zeke passed away. Oh, I feel like shit. My mom has a dog, My mom has a dog, in all fairness. Oh, okay. Then, um, yeah. yeah uh, I didn't, if that's the case, I got some coupons for you. <laughs> but um, I and the weirdest thing, I bought a new mattress a few months back, and my friend was like, "Yeah, well, I'm not gonna say my friend's names on air, but I, they were like, yeah, 'Yeah, I'm just gonna call him Billy.' Like, yeah, Billy's daughters are doing. A, they have a fundraiser for their school. They're selling mattresses, and I'm like, huh? I'm like, yeah, brand new mattresses." So we, you know, they, they, we went down to the high school and they had it all laid out and, you know, they had all, you could test out all the mattresses and it was a fundraiser for the school, for the band. So all three of his daughters are in band, one's in college and she plays with a band. And then the other two, I want to say one is in junior high. I don't know if she's in ninth grade this year in junior high, but one is definitely in high school. And, you know, they, and all of them play, all of them play an instrument, they're all in the band. You know, I was lucky to come from a school that had a band, right? So we had them, like, I wasn't, I didn't play an instrument, 
I played bass drum for my high school, I mean, not high school, my, uh, my fire department marching band for a couple of years, right? But I never played an instrument in school, but, but most of my friends played in the high school band. And it was a, and it was a lot of fun. They enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was their best part of high school was being in the band. And a lot of people, and, and, and because we had that, I didn't realize that it was a luxury because I just figured every school has a band. Nope, <laughs> not even close. And one of the reasons why hip hop came about is because people, they couldn't afford a trombone or a trumpet, but you could afford two turntables and a bunch of records. <laughs> we just had, to, that's how sampling came about. We had to make our own music. So for Cardi to go ahead and do this for her school is great, but Odie, I'll let you, I'll let you do this part of it uh, about the timing of it. What, what, say that again? Uh, well, I'll let you explain the timing of, of Cardi uh, donating to oh, Yeah, so, um, yeah, like, I mean, I definitely saw it. My first thought was like, because last week, the girls were really in a tizzy, um, beefing with each other, talking shit back and forth on social media. We talked about 50 Cent a little bit last week, um, trying to get uh, Kim and Nikki to talk shit on the internet to each other again, some more, whatever. Megan Thee Stallion was talking shit to people. It, it was just a weird week for rap, and I'm still on my, like, renaissance I want to release my wiggle. I'm not into this dumb shit. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the funnier black Twitter quotes of the week was a comment about, uh, to, to Cardi about, uh, I mean, not, excuse me, not Cardi, Nicki Minaj about um, vocations. And somebody, I forgot, I forgot what Nicki said, but Somebody said, girl, your your husband's on the sex offender registry. Like, we all know his location. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. So I bring that up to say, Cardi being at a school in and of itself is actually a flex because she can go to school. Like, she's not on anybody's sex offender registry, uh, you know, and neither is her husband. So they are free to go and move about the country. Like, no problem. They don't have to update anybody where they are. Um exactly. But uh, the timing of that visit was um, just a couple of days before she got sentenced to community service. Um, apparently, Cardi was in a little kerfuffle uh, about four years ago. It must have been pushed back for pandemic reasons because, I mean, like, there, initially there were some, like, very serious charges, uh, including felonies. A uh, total of like ten serious charges that ended up, or more serious charges that ended up being ultimately ended up being dropped. And, but the couple that remained, she uh, had been sentenced for just a couple of days ago, and it had to, she was in a strip club. There was some fighting. She said that it was alleged she paid five thousand that she was going to offer five thousand dollars to have some people beat up. Uh, so harassment is definitely a part of that as well. I guess she didn't want to get her hands dirty. Uh, but her sentence is very light. 15 days of community service. She pled guilty to third-degree assault and second-degree reckless endangerment. This happened in Queens and Flushing, some strip club. Um, 
Which, I mean, how good of a strip club could it even be? New York strip clubs suck. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think it's weird that she's even in that space. But anyway, um, yeah. So when you think about that, the timing of that probably has something to do with um, the fact that, you know, she knew the sentence was coming up. She wanted to look good in the eyes of the judge. And she said, why not? What 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 says I'm a nice person more than I give money to schools who need it? Yeah. Uh, but I picked a number of things, you know, to, to show that she gives a fuck about anything. And uh, she, she didn't. She chose the school. So I'm not mad at it. Um, and I get it. Like, I understand the politics of it, if that was a thought. But even if it. Even whether it is or isn't doesn't matter. The fact that she still did it is great. I do think that she, there might have been a little petty in there where she was um, even throwing shade at Nicki Minaj for doing something like that, but we'll never know. Whatever. We'll never know. And, and, and I'll put it like this earlier in the year, she pledged to uh, pay the funeral costs and burial costs of the victims of an apartment fire in the Bronx that killed like 17 people. <laughs> And it was like, the, yeah, it was like the deadliest blaze that they had in decades there. And they, of course, it happened in her hometown. So she, uh, you know, now I don't know. If she, they said she pledged to pay. I imagine that you know those who didn't have, you know, maybe she sent in a, you know anybody who didn't have uh, life insurance. You know, she probably pledged to pay those. But still, I mean, I, I'll put it like this. If she, if, if, if she didn't pay, we'd have known by now. Who, who did that dumb shit, pledged to pay for somebody's thing for uh, for clout and then didn't do it? There's uh, a couple of... One person is like an Instagram guy. He It was like, um, I think a homeless lady gave her money on camera and people were getting, raising money and stuff like that. And I think that actually is successful. I think he's 100% a scammer. But then somebody else did it too, like a rapper. Like I feel like YK Osiris, maybe. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah, that he pledged to pay for. Um, I think it was for someone's funeral, and it just didn't do it. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I figure like this. If, I think it was the the child who died on the roller coaster. Yes. If Cardi didn't pay, we'd know about it by now, because that happened back in January, <laughs> and it's it's September. So trust me, someone as high profile as Cardi, she's a Grammy Award winner. If she didn't pony up the dough after promising it, we'd all know by now. Trust me. hundred percent. They would not leave that to they would not leave that to rest. I, you know, I'm 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 51 years old. So I grew up on rap music. And of course, one of my favorite artists from back in the day is Run DMC, right? I still love their music to this day. And there was their first single, Sucker MCs, came out 39 years ago. And I found out something about that single recently that was right there in front of my face, and I never knew it because it, back in the days, we can't look up lyrics because we didn't have the internet. So we just knew the lyrics as we knew them, okay? So there is a part in, in, in Sucker MCs, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it as, I, as that part as I'd heard it, and I'll let you know what it was and why it's important to me <laughs> as, as an old head who grew up on hip hop. It was, um, I took a test to become an MC and all the people came amazed at me. So Larry put me inside his Cadillac, 
the chauffeur drove off and they and they never came and we never came back. They cut the record down to the bone and now they got me rocking on a microphone, right? Now there were two lines in that in that part of the uh the verse that are completely different and changed the whole thing, right? It wasn't uh all the people became amazed at me. That's not the line. The line is Orange Crush became amazed at me. And I'll explain who Orange Crush is in a moment. And then the other line is, it's not they cut the record down to the bone. It's Dave, D-A-V-E, cut the record down to the bone. So Larry is um, actually uh, Larry Smith. And then Dave is Davey DMX. No relation to the rapper DMX. <laughs> he was out in the 80s, right. you know. But Davey DMX, Larry Smith, and Trevor Gale were part of a band called Orange Crush. Orange Crush had released an album the year before, and the lead single on there was a song called Action. That song had been sampled, even though that song was not a hit, it was sampled more than 70 times by people like Jay-Z, Kanye West, Common, De La Soul, Michael Jackson, uh, LL Cool J, Old Dirty Bastard, T-Pain, just to name a few, right? Um, actually, um, Davey DMX had actually worked with artists like Curtis Blow, Fat Boys, and of course with, and him and, and Larry, uh, Larry Smith were protégés of Russell Simmons, right? Now, if you've ever seen the album or seen the single, it says, Sucker MCs in parentheses, Crush Groove One, right? There were four songs in part of that whole Crush Groove series. So as Hollis Crew was Crush Groove Two, Daryl and Joe, Crush Groove Three, Together Forever, Crush Groove Four, right? Most of those came out as singles, as like B-sides to singles. The reason why they're called Crush Grooves is because they are stripped down versions of Orange Crush songs that they allowed them to use uh, to rap on. So uh, so when he said Orange Crush became amazed with me talking about the band. So Larry, which is Larry Smith, put me inside his Cadillac. And then he said, Dave, cut the record down to the bone, meaning Dave stripped off all the vocals and all the other stuff and just left the beat for Run and, and DMC to, to rhyme on. 39 years, I never knew that. I just found that out a few days ago when I just happened to, to see the lyrics posted someplace. And I was like, Dave, who the hell is Dave? <laughs> I thought it was they cut the record. Nope, Dave, maybe DMX cut the record down to the bone. And then when I pulled up the lyrics to look at it, then I saw Orange Crush became amazed at me. And I was like, oh, everything just made sense after that. And I was like, that is actually cool as shit. You know? I always knew that song action. I just never knew who sang it because it's not like now we could just pull it up on your Spotify and see who sings it or pull it up on Wikipedia and see who sings it. We had the rely. You ever watch Married with Children? Yeah. Do you remember an episode of Married with Children where Al was trying to find a song and he didn't know the name of the song? The only, the only part he remembered was mm -hmm, him. And he kept going to all these places that nobody knew the song. Vaguely, yeah. We had a record store in Queens, in um, right near Jamaica Avenue, called uh, the Music Factory. And the guys who worked there, when I used to go there a lot, assholes. 
every last one of them was a was a shitbird asshole, but they knew music back to front. So you could go up to them and be like, yo, I heard this song. It was like, and then they would know the record. And like, here, here's your record, stupid, go buy it. was a clip where it was like a Spanish station. I can't remember what the fuck song he ended up playing. But the DJ definitely picked up on it. It was it was a similar experience. Like the guy, he was speaking Spanish. He was trying to say the lyrics, but he did not say the lyrics correctly because it was mm. sung in English. And the DJ put it on, and it was the right song. He was like, "Oh yeah, that's great, thank you." <laughs> I when I used to work at the record store, I actually identified a record by now. I cheated because I own that record. I own that CD. But he said he was at a he was at a, a friend's house and he heard a, it was a, a heavy metal record, right? And he couldn't think of he didn't think of the name of the song or who sang it, but the only thing he remembered was the uh, the design on the CD. So it wasn't like a regular CD that just has like the name of the person and all the songs. It had like a, a weird design, and he explained the design to me, and I'm like, I think that's White Zombie, and it was. Like I, you know, I I found a CD, I opened a CD and I showed him the cover. He's like, that's it. That's the one that, like I said, I just happened to own that CD, you know? So I do that, but you know, we, we were kind of like that. Like my, uh, my super, my manager, when I worked at store back in Oceanside, he was like a musical encyclopedia and being a white guy, we used to have fun with people. Like people walk into the store and then they would see him. Right. And they'd go to ask him a question. Then they see me. And then they would leave and come talk to me, you know, and I would be like, why'd you walk away from that guy? Right. He was like, well, I had, I had a rap question. I didn't think he would know it. I'm like, I will bet you money. If you ask him the question, he would know it. <laughs> we used to mess with people all the time. And then of course he would know it. Cause he was a, he was a musical encyclopedia, you know, that was back when, you know, we worked retail and we loved retail, but we just hated the business side of it, you know? I could I tell stories all day. And I used to think that my friends were patronizing me when they used to ask me what happened at the record store today. No, they they love hearing the stories because I would always have a story because working retail was kind of fun. A little dangerous sometimes, but mostly fun. But when Transworld took over, then it became a job. And I was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of retail. Only bad thing about retail, it does not pay well at all. It pays like shit but it's a lot of fun. But I, when they had that, um, you remember about, tw well, it was, long, it was a long time ago, about 20 years ago, they had a civil suit because they were not a civil suit, um, class action lawsuit against the record distributors because they found out that they were uh, organized together to price gouge to keep the price of CDs high. So if you ever noticed after a while, CDs started costing a lot less, that's because of that lawsuit. They found out that all the distributors were conspiring together to keep the price of CDs high. The only reason why I didn't put my name on that lawsuit, because I was still working for the record store then. And at that time, I would say maybe two thirds of my collection I either got for free or I paid a reduced price for it because I was an employee. That's the only reason why I didn't join the class action lawsuit. <laughs> but it, it's kind of funny because now you can look on and you can see lyrics for songs. They have lyric, they have a, what was it? Uh, lyric genius. 
And then they have uh, AZ lyrics. If you just want to know the lyrics, Lyric Genius will tell you stuff about the lyrics and you know where they were coming from and stuff like that is really cool. But back then we didn't have that. Did you ever have a song like that, Odie, where you got the lyrics wrong for years and years and just found out, oh, that's not the lyric at all? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Like, I can think of any songs off top, but it definitely happens. Um, somebody tried, oh, T-Pain was correcting us. Um, like, specific, buy me a drink. Uh, okay. He says, I'm a drink. People, including myself, was definitely ooh wee. I'm gonna take you home with me. That like that was the next line, but he was like, "No, I'm saying." <laughs> <laughs> I just love how people, the internet collectively decided to tell him he was wrong. <laughs> he was about to go. They said we still gonna say ooh wee. Like we don't care. Like bruh like we don't give a fuck but basically he says and then but he says it in a way that's like something he's saying it sounds very close to we but he's saying and then i'm gonna take you with me i don't give a fuck he rhymes with me like the fuck it's we like what are you talking about today it's like no i'm not saying that after 20 years <laughs> no, I'm just gonna sing it wrong. Get over it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, was that was a big disappointment um, that I can think of recently. Um, but yeah, I it's a couple of songs I I did love um, in the '90s and 2000. Oh, I remember too, like because in the tapes though the lyrics would be they were starting to put the lyrics in the book and. Um, I remember Brown Sugar. I had the Brown Sugar CD, and there was a line in there on "Lady" by D'Angelo. Okay. Where? Uh, I still says, have that. He says, "My divine lady," but I was saying "mighty fine" because it sounded it sounded close. But then my friend corrected me. She pointed out the lady, so I was like, oh, "Okay." So I've been saying that one right for a long time. But I do remember her correcting me. I like, yeah, unlocked the memory there. But yeah, a couple songs. Yeah, I know those. I know those websites where they had the uh, the lyric, and and I know some of them. I know some of those early websites were wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. With, with their lyrics, but some of them were like like. <laughs> but present some of them, day, song, present day. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, you know, the one thing I think I mentioned this before, but the one thing I miss about uh, music is liner notes. You know, it, like you look at stuff up on Spotify and all that. There's no liner notes on there. Now, I don't know if other music services have liner notes listed electronically. Like I know that um, I know Sp I know Spotify doesn't. But that was my thing. Like I would like when I used to work construction back in New York. Right. Every Friday. I would end up in, uh, my father played poker with his friends, right? So he would drop me off on Jamaica Avenue. I'd go shopping and then I'd take the train home. So when I had, you know, and this is back, you know, in the transitional period before when cassettes were going out and then CDs were coming in. So I'd be sitting on the train going home and, you know, I pop in my new CD or my new cassette. And then the first thing I do is I read through the liner notes, you know, who, who produced it, who's, you know, it's, <laughs> 
you know, looking at looking at the uh, the art inside there, all the pictures. I used to love the liner notes. A couple of my friends sold their CD collections, right, for a nice chunk of change to collectors. But I found out that my CD collection is worthless because I don't have the original cases. So I do have the liner notes, but they want, but they're collectors, so they want the whole thing. Mm. So so while well, I have the liner notes, I don't have the rest of the cases because I move around a lot because, you know, they price me out of my apartment. So I keep all my CDs and books. It's much easier to move. Right. Right, 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 right. I uh, went ahead, though, and uh, recently actually gave like some CDs away to, to a friend, to my friend's husband, just. Honestly, I didn't feel like, like my mom gave them to me and I was just like, some of these, and mine were in the CD cases. Uh, some of them, they were in a shoebox, and my mom was just like making space in her house and was like, here, take these. And I said, I don't want to, here you go. And he was helping me move a couple of items from that house that day anyway. So it was just like a little exchange, like just take them off my hands as a payment kind of for helping us with this. So I don't know. I couldn't tell you what was in there. Some of the cases might have CDs in there. Some of them might not. Um, so if there are, if they are worth anything, then good luck to him. But the only thing I decided, the only thing I purchased recently that I purchased as a collector and decided not to open is I went ahead, I did buy the Renaissance gift pack, mm-hmm. the one that came like um, the t-shirt and everything. But I, I just went ahead. I did not open it. Because I was like, you know what? If a collector wants this one day, it will be worth something. I just don't. And especially with how much, um, which I didn't obviously foresee, but it's something that I definitely, I'm glad that I did. I'm definitely glad I didn't open it now. With all the the drama that kind of surrounded a couple of the singles on the album, having the word spaz on there, and yes. the whole Khalees situation, like I know that my copy has those things on there. Yes. So I'm like, it's going to be even more collectible compared to some of her other work. So I, I look forward to it. Like, I'm I'm like, yeah, one day it'll be worth something when she retires and she's not making any more music and selling any more sets. It will be worth something. Yeah. I'm curious about but one thing. I to open it for that exact reason. I said, you know what? I'm not going to open this because I have the digital version. I'm fine. I'm curious about one thing. I know we're almost at time, but I want to see something here. I, I think I, I talked with Blue about this in 92. Is it on there? Nope, it's not even on there. Body Count came out with an album back in 92, right? Uh, self-titled album. That's Ice-T's thrash metal band, right? They had, they had a big controversy over, this, over a song called Cop Killer, right? So my version of the CD has Cop Killer on it. They don't have it on Spotify. Like the Spotify version doesn't have Cop Killer on it. And then, mm. of course, the the whatever they released afterwards, like the 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 later pressings of it didn't have it on there. They removed it because you know they gave uh, Warner Brothers uh, such a uh, a hard time about it. But there is a song from uh, Ted Nugent called Jailbait, and I'm going to find it right now. Jailbait. Uh, Ted Nugent. You can tell I'm not a good typist because I'm just taking me too long to type up those four words. 
So, Jill, so, so, so Jailbait is still on Ted Nugent's live album, but it's not on his regular album. Jailbait is basically a song about Ted Nugent trying to rape a 13-year-old girl. And then when the cops intervene, telling the cops, hey, you want to you get in on this? You know? And that song is still, you know, at least on the live albums. He has like a bunch of live albums on there. It's still on the live album, but I will say this at least the album that it was on is not listed. So they don't list it on the album, it's just on the live album. You know, they 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 like to pick and choose. But I'll tell the abridged version of this story since we're almost since we're almost done. Speaking of collector's items, when I worked at the record store, we had a box set, a Frank Sinatra box set. Uh it was the set cost five hundred dollars. It cost, uh, it had 492 songs on it, all the songs he did for Reprise Records, right? We had we had two of those sets. They were there so long that, it, that they would get so dusty, they were part of our cleaning routine to wipe the dust off of them. Sinatra died. We sold both of those sets in a week. Mm-hmm. And, then they, and then they sent us two more sets, and we sold those. And then other stores who couldn't sell their sets sent three sets to us and we sold two out of the th- out of those three you know people love collector's items i guess or what they perceive to be collector so i'm pretty sure as big as beyonce is that version of um energy with that uh with the police yep. apple on it you know yep. i would have bought two well i well you bought a collector set so i don't know how much did that cost i know i could have bought two basically like i yeah. could have bought two like one for me to enjoy and then one for a collector to resell later, but it's fine. It's fine. If only we had known. <laughs> Odie, what is yeah. your uh... of an album, the collector's album, the, the vinyl for her birthday, but they're not shipping till October. All the other the box sets are absolutely sold out. Ah, gotcha. So Odie, what are your final thoughts? Mm, final thoughts. Uh, it costs nothing to be kind. Just remember that as you try to accuse people of having bad hearts, like just unless they've proven to you time and time again who they are, like give people the benefit of the doubt. Shit. Yeah. And and all I will say is that election day is around the corner. So, uh, please. Uh, you know, research your candidates. League of Women Voters is a good resource because they're nonpartisan. You know, uh, get ready to make your decisions. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always torn on this whole voting thing. I mean, I I mean, I'm gonna vote no matter what. It's midterms. I'm gonna vote. You know, so uh, especially in North Carolina, where we know that if the Republicans come back into power, and you know, they get enough seats to to retake their veto power that they are going to institute um uh, abortion laws you know they're just waiting for it so we got to stand strong here in north carolina and across the country you know i hate to look at people as political enemies because political enemies eventually become real enemies but i'm not saying you can't be friends with a republican just don't talk politics and just make sure you vote and if you got somebody who's not getting who's not going to vote you know, kind of coax them into it. Be like, hey, you know, why aren't you voting? You're not registered. I'll help you register. You know, 
Look up your state, find out when the deadlines are. Some people still have same day registration. So your state website will have all that information on it. So, but I would say definitely go to your, um, go to your board, like go to the actual the office, you know, not yes. necessarily just the DMV. Yes, absolutely. So, but if you haven't already, you could uh, subscribe to us on basically uh, any place that has podcasts, including Spotify and uh, Title doesn't have uh, podcasts. Right? No, like they only have like drink champs. They have like the monetized ones, the really big guys. Oh, okay. So definitely like Spotify, Apple Music, and of course iHeartRadio. <laughs> so. All right, y'all. Stay safe out there. Uh -oh.